What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the facts over Axe Crew. We got the master of the mixing master, Josh Guyton in the building. That is I. We got the money man, the proposal man, the man with the plan, Chris Allen. Right here. And you got me, the little old MC, Ken Gibbs, and we are just, I'm sorry, but this is this is outlandish. This is outrageous. We got our first beef in the bubble. It's beautiful. <laughs> but we're going to talk about the basketball first. We're going to talk about the basketball first because we got to. We want to run around the sports, uh, sports uh, podcast, not a gossip podcast. So now, we in week two of the actual NBA restart, of the actual games and all that. And are there any changes in your thoughts from week one? Any any new revelations? Anything that, that we weren't discussing last week that we that y'all feel needs to come to the floor now? Speak now or forever hold your peace. I, I don't think so. The only, the only things I'm having about this season is with the restart and them being in a bubble, some of these teams that's playing good, like I'm impressed by OKC. I'm trying to figure out what if the star player is going to shine through when it's playoff time and, and when the the lights are the brightest, I mean the brightest they could be in a bubble, and they're going to shine through and keep our predictions of Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, or some of these teams that's looking scrappy, that's looking like they got a good game plan in place. Is this the one season where we could see like an upset happen, where we don't know who's going to make the finals? Because these bubble games, I don't know if teams are taking it easy just because it's the regular season or it's the, the, the restart, scrimmage, play-in games, whatever you want to call it, and they're going to step things up for the playoffs. Or can we see teams like OKC and Toronto make make finals runs without a star player? Um, uh, OKC, is, Toronto final would have eight viewers. Go ahead, uh, Chris. <laughs> go ahead. My thoughts are, I honestly don't know how the feels yet still. Because just like Guy said, right. I think the opposite, actually. I think that players are actually hooping harder because they feel like, hey, we all got the same amount of regular season games. And we in the playoffs, this is all playoff basketball, basically. We're going to hoop hard. It don't matter if you got the stars. Ain't no fans. Ain't no home court advantage. It's equal playing field. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. I think we've seen they, they best. That's why it's been like the Thunder taking down top teams or Phoenix going 5-0 and in the bubble, which that's a story for another day. But, uh, I feel like that's why we're seeing stuff like that because teams is trying hard as they can. Right, right. How far are the Suns out of that? That nice seed. They're one game back after Memphis loss and Portland loss. Yeah. Memphis lost again today. Portland is playing right now. At the time we were recording this pod, Portland playing right now. And then the Spurs won today. The Pelicans are eliminated. So it's, the the Port the Suns are tied with the Trailblazers and who are also a half game back behind the Grizzlies, who also are tied with the Spurs. Yep. Mm. So it's a four-way, team race. I'm, I'm sticking to my guns, man. I got, I got Port, I got Portland and San Antonio at eight and nine. So wait a minute, could we? Okay, I was just about to ask uh, all these possible eight nine situations. Chris, what you seeing as a likely eight nine? I'm going with the star power. I'm gonna go Portland, man. I'm going Portland yeah. because who you got taking the nine? I think Memphis gonna take the nine. I ain't gonna lie. Really? Okay. All I right. Memphis is, because Memphis only plays Phoenix last, who been hot, but I feel like they can push Memphis. I believe they already played Phoenix and oh give me one second. I'm about to actually pull it up so I don't lie on facts over X. Hey, listen, Google as much as you want, man. It's your friend. So, you so, want the so truth. 
Memphis plays the Celtics. Yeah, they play the Celtics, and do they play tomorrow? No, they play today. Yeah, I think the Memphis last game is Tuesday against the Celtics. Let me make sure though. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I got a, only reason I just can't take uh, Memphis and Phoenix as serious, even though Phoenix is hot right now, it's still Phoenix. They 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 might fall apart soon, and the Grizzlies Mm -hmm. still young, man. I'm just not ready to live in a world where uh, the Greg Popovich ain't got his team in the in the playoff race. But Portland should be a lot higher than eighth. They just ran into a lot of problems during the actual season, but now that they're healthy, man, I mean. <clears throat> they gonna run into the Lakers at one, which is not good. But if there was at any other seed, we could see another deep playoff run from from Portland. And you know and what? They the, um, Grizzlies play the Bucks, by the way. The Celtics and the Bucks left, so they, they yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So listen, if 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 you if you ask me who my eight nine and who are my eight nine out of the West, man, I'm I gotta go with Guyton. I gotta go Portland Spurs, and let me tell you why. The Grizzlies are the Grizzlies. Because the Grizzlies, even with Ja, Ja can only do so much in the league. In college, he could take a Murray State with a bunch of bums to the Sweet 16 or whatever. This the NBA, big dog. Right. Everybody is good. You can't you can't do that no more. He doesn't have the horses in the stable. That team doesn't have the horses in the stable. Uh, but I think that they've I think they've played above their heads for most of the year. Um, but the Suns, I mean. As the street poet Sean Carter would say, we don't believe you. You need more people. Because I, I I, don't believe that the Suns are going to keep up their winning ways. I don't think that they can sustain this. Um, and don't get me wrong. It's not like they've, like that one game winner from Devin Book was a shot that you're like, mm, I could see a world where that doesn't fall every time. But the, for the most part, their games have been games that are like, hmm. They've done this impressively. They've, they've done this uh, in, in pretty good form. But the fact of the matter is, I'm sorry. I just I don't believe the Suns. I don't, I don't believe them, you know? Nobody does, Gibbs. It's not your fault. Nobody does. <laughs> D-Book D- D- just got hot, and his, his accomplices are just on fire right now. That's all it is, man. But let me tell you. Let me tell you. There are so many players and so many teams arising out of what we – could not or did not see during the regular season. So let me ask this. Are there teams now that you see as a serious contender that during the season you didn't think had a shot? Uh, I'm going with my my same two picks. Toronto is one. I mean, I just always feel like if a team is going to win a championship, they need some sort of star player or some team or, or some player that could take over the game. It's, of course, exceptions to the rules, but with Giannis out in the East – with the boys in L.A. out in the West, I just didn't see a realistic possibility that uh, just a well-coached team in the form of Toronto could be a title contender. But with them back in the bubble and there's no home court either way and they've been playing just almost perfect basketball as far as limiting their mistakes, it they just – as far as all the games I've seen, I've caught almost every game in the bubble – they're the only team that's playing like seamless basketball. Even though they're taking L's, they're they're playing almost seamless basketball, and I don't think that'll change because they take a two. You know, it's a it's a two days off before the playoffs start. I think Toronto are serious contenders, and I don't think that the Thunder can win a ring. But if we saw the Thunder in the conference finals making a run at one of those top dogs, I wouldn't be surprised. Though you, Chris Paul got those young boys playing, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. My teams would probably be honestly y'all gonna hate me for this, and I don't I don't care I don't care that y'all hate me for this. 
But Gibbs, promise not to grip you too hard. Okay. Hey, I listen, think- we might think we might be on the same team because I got one for y'all. But go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. I'm I'm feeling the heat in the Pacers in the East, man. Ooh. Hey, I'm feeling the heat in the Pacers, man. You're not wrong. Like, like, like for some upsets, I'm feeling the heat in the Pacers. I uh, see. The- uh, go ahead, give us your reasoning. Go ahead, give us the reason. And, Why and the reason you? behind it is, bro. If you look at basketball nowadays, defense is either switch everything or just hold your man in the middle of the court for the big man to help. You. That's defense, right. pretty much in the 2020 era. Mm-hmm. The Pacers is different. They actually run a whole system for defense, man. They, they defense is – I was watching that game the other day. They were playing the Lakers yesterday, matter of fact. And their defense was phenomenal. They held Anthony Davis under 10 points. Right. Now, granted, right. the Lakers not playing for nothing, so now nah, they might not be playing for real. But, but dude, they switch and they go under. They hedge. They talk. They jail. They send double teams. They – Somebody they play zone. They they do a lot. They that Pacers defense is tough, and I feel and, like if there's a fully healthy team, they would be a top three seed. And so out the East, that's definitely feasible for them. And I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised because I thought we was gonna be on the same wave. I thought we was gonna be on the same, but but apparently be different. And that's that's all right with me. I'm gonna tell, or it might be because you already saw this team as a contender, and I didn't. The Houston Rockets. Boy, you know, come on now, come on now. Y'all ain't let me get to the West, but you already knew who I, come on. But let me, but but hear me out I bleed Rocket, I bleed But But hear me out though. See, but the Rockets could have been your team because you thought they was a contender all along. And to me, they weren't. I I didn't get to the West. I was going to say something. I I only said the East. I was going to get to the West though. Oh, well, who you got out the West? Oh, the Rockets, baby. Come on, no. <laughs> that's no. your team. That's but already that, your but team. But you can't exactly. You can't say that's like me saying the, I, the Lakers are a surprise contender for me. Like you can't really. Uh, okay, okay, surprise contender out the West. I'm gonna have to go with Utah just because they mm, got okay. they got a lot more right. firepower than I think, and that's a team that I feel like it can pull off an upset. Like if they saw the Clippers and the Clippers was playing around, I think they could knock out the Clippers in a seven. If they if they played the Clippers, if the Clippers wasn't playing serious basketball. You know what? I'm gonna tell you this: Rudy Gobert is truly an X factor for that team because yeah, when he plays well, they win. Exactly, well, they win. exactly. The team really Donovan Mitchell is Donovan Mitchell. He's gonna give you what he gives you, even though Donovan Mitchell is a bit inconsistent for my taste to be your one. Because yeah. if you're the one option, I don't like inconsistency. I, I mean, at, the, at the same time, I like to cut uh, Donovan Mitchell with some slack just because. With the progression of how we see in young players nowadays, it's like immediate pressure on him to perform. And Donovan Mitchell is in what year three? Yeah. yeah. If we speaking like nineties, two thousands, we didn't really see players develop or come into their own fully until you know like year five, year six. So I'm still giving Mitchell a few more years to to be more efficient. So I, I don't oh, like to absolutely. be on hard as Donovan Mitchell as most people do. Absolutely. Trust me, I agree that we have too much popcorn society going on in our sports because the way that people are throwing away a lot of the Lakers young guys I really still believe that that the trade was good for all the Anthony Davis trade was good for all sides yeah but if we're talking about in terms of who won for the future that was the Pelicans no doubt for me because at the end of the day when we when we look at that trade if we're talking about the future LeBron's not going to be playing eight years from now Right. Like that's just that's Lakers realistic. Not a, Lakers not a future franchise to begin with. Is win now every season. So exactly, exactly. So it, it it made sense for both teams. Uh, but let me tell you why I think the Rockets are this. Why the Rockets are a surprise team for me. 
I don't before. I don't believe in small ball because small ball is not sustainable. Like it's just not. If this you was a regular small players though, Gibbs, you can only play small ball. So But hear me hear, hear me out though. Hear me out though. The reason that I say small ball isn't sustainable, when you put a lot of pressure on your body to run up and down the court, up and down the court, up and down the court, your whole game is I we beat you down the court and we find an open three, right? The shooting inconsistency is one thing, but the way that players are getting so skilled now and the way that we are seeing more and more players jack up a higher volume of three, so even if you're only a 33% shooter, if you shoot X amount per game, you're, going, you're, you're just naturally going to put up some numbers. So that is a, a, a whole nother sidebar. But the thing that makes me believe in the Rockets now, the break, the corona break is what makes me believe in the Rockets. The biggest problem with small ball, aside from you got to hit threes all the time, the biggest problem is the grind of an NBA season. P.J. Tucker going against Dwight Howard's every night. P.J. Tucker going up hold against. On, hold on, you, you picked the wrong big man. You could have said Yoki. You could have said. <laughs> but but this the said. thing, though. This the thing, though. Even with Dwight Howard as what he is now, he's still one of the most physically imposing centers in the league. He still, and, and tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if you can name off the top of your head five centers that physically you know he's going to beat up on and wear down on his opponent more than Dwight. Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah, no, I can't find five. I have to think the longer heart. So you, but some either way, either ways. You pick. You pick who the big, who the big imposing bruising center is. You pick. You know, what I mean, you could talk about Nurkic. You could talk about whoever. And we talking about big guys that just lean on you and it just wears you down, right? Mm-hmm. The the Rockets got the break from that. Every team got the break from that. But the Rockets benefited from it in a way that most teams probably didn't because most teams did not have guys that were like, they their bodies aren't meant to do that. P.J. Tucker, it don't matter how stout you're built. You're not you're not supposed to go up against guys that are 50 pounds heavier than you every night. Right. That's not yeah, normal. Yeah, and, and granted, the Rockets' ideal wasn't to have him play center every night and go against all those. That what they've been doing is they just going to cheat. So they're going to pick the one person on the floor that cannot shoot at all, and that person is going to dart down, and get, they're going to double the big man every time. And until that person proves that they can consistently hit a shot, then they, the Rockets are going to double-team the big fella every time. So And so me, it's, a, it's a beautiful scheme because the, way, yeah, that they, the way that they do that combined with the fact that they no longer – the NBA playoffs often turn into a war of attrition. The war of attrition often – takes out small ball teams first because the fact that you, you just don't have the big bodies to withstand the grinding and the beat. But this year, because of the break, the Rockets are going to be like, we're basically in week three of the season. We don't care. Like, that's just what it's going to be. Uh, another, another thing that I noticed that will help the Rockets is I don't know if it's a matter of just not repetition or it happening that often or just not polishing skills. But a lot of the big men that I noticed in the NBA can't handle switches, and the Rockets are exceptional at oh, switching. Oh, that's what I was just about to say. Cause have you seen how Russ smiles when he gets a big fella? Man, out there? it's 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 a it's a matter of like it's a matter of their matchups that the Rockets might be able to make a run. Cause out of the West, the only big man I could think of that handles switching well that I've seen is Jokic. Every other mm-hmm. big man struggles with switching. Yeah, yeah. And, and so and so that's that's what uh, does that for me. And so now that we're talking about championship contenders, 
they're the two biggest out of the West are obviously the two LA teams to most folks. Is there trouble in LA right now, right? And once again, we're not talking about the bubble beef yet. That's next up on the platter. <laughs> but I mean, just from an on-court standpoint, right? The Lakers and Clippers. I don't think either team is is performing particularly well. I know the Lakers are what two and four. Is it is it two and yeah, four? Yeah, they, they? They've, they've they've lost every game. But LeBron hasn't played one game. Danny Wait, Green that, sat out another game. Uh, it, the Lakers roster has not been. They, they haven't had a full roster almost every game except the two games they won. So. And so the 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 Clippers are what uh, three and three or four and two in the bowl. They three and three, I believe. Okay, so you got one team five hundred, one team one game under five hundred. So what are we? Is there trouble in LA? Are are y'all worried about the LA teams as far as like will they be able to uh, get it together and figure it out for the playoffs? Because I'm gonna be, I'm gonna just be completely honest with you. Any team that loses to the Suns, I don't care how hot they are, I don't care how they play in the bubble. You lost to the Suns. So, what, are y'all worried about LA? Either um, team or both teams? I, I'm not. I'm not. Just because we, especially in sports media or just as sports fans, we usually tend to over, we tend to read much into teams struggling in games that essentially don't mean anything. The mm-hmm. only thing that concerns me about this situation is both teams look lethargic. They, they right. look... They look slow. They look out of sync, and I don't know if this is a thing because because as as star players, as somebody that's not even sports players, as somebody that's good at your craft, whether or not you work the grill at fast food, if you're good at something, you have a switch that you can turn on or off when it's time to go. Absolutely. And the Clippers have have those players. the The Lakers has probably the best player that's almost been able to do that ever so it's a fact of when the playoffs hit are they going to flip this switch or are they going to continue to look lethargic and they'll run into a team that's moving like a well-oiled machine like a houston so i don't want to read too much into it yet but if we start off uh round one of the playoffs and they moving with that same kind of energy i'm gonna definitely have a lot of things to say on on that podcast i feel that i feel that so chris what do you think man my my thoughts are, I'm not worried about them per se. Other than a team now, see the bubble. That's why the bubble's so weird, man. T.J. Warren looking like God right now. Like <laughs> I, I I can't I can't explain it. T.J. Warren is looking like God right now, and it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't at all because T.J. Warren before this happened, he maybe averaged 11 points a game. Like I, I, I'm not sure. Let me go look at his season average right now. But it wasn't, it wasn't nowhere. I know for a fact he averaged more at NC State his uh, last year than he did in the NBA. I know, I know ever, that for like a ever, fact. Ever, ever, So, I mean, at the same time, though, I'm not worried about the Lakers or the Clippers because at the same time, they have the stars. So, I mean, when you have the stars, it's kind of like written. Actually, this season he was making 19.9 a game. Well, that is after the bubble, too, so I don't know. That's that's he's a he's a career fifteen point five point scorer. Right now he's averaging in the bubble. He's averaging. He had. I'm gonna just read off his last games: 39, 16, 32, 53, and a twenty seven. 
All of these are above his career average. So I have that fear in the back of my mind because it's looking like the Lakers will play Portland first. And, I mean, I'm, I know that Portland wouldn't be able to win that. But if Dame goes for 50 twice or CJ goes for 50 once and Dame goes 50 once, they could take two games and make it interesting. So the Lakers don't have enough shooting to me. I, I don't I don't see enough shooters on their team, and they're not as deep anymore because every Bradley didn't come to the bubble. And they also just – got players that haven't played in a while like jared smith and Dion will be good if they have been in rhythm but i feel like they haven't played in a while so it's kind of like they still trying to find their rhythm while they as they go through the season right so right and, and then another thing that i'm not really afraid of about the clippers is they so deep that after a while after them playing together in the first round of playoffs they're gonna just start gelling and they just gonna gel and gel as they go on so it's just a collision course waiting to happen i mean I think the Lakers are taking because I don't think Brown wants to be the one Laker or the second Laker to not win a title for the Lakers. Oh, so. leave Jerry West alone. Leave <laughs> Jerry West alone, man. <laughs> He's the logo. He's the logo. Yeah, but, I mean, if if Devin Booker keep the Suns 82-0, then he going to be the logo next. Oh, uh, get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Whatever <laughs> you're smoking, please lay off it. I'm, but, but, you know, I'm going to tell you this. I am, as far talking about both teams here, I'm not concerned with either one for a couple reasons. Um, number one, I think that they've gotten the nonsense out of their systems early, right? So Lou Williams leaving the bubble for a death in the family going to the strip club. I think that's the nonsense that you got to get out of whatever, whatever. They got it out early. Uh, and also the Clippers play really good defense. And that, at the end of the day, offense, you have to get back in the rhythm. You have to find your rhythm. Defensively, you have to find your rhythm as well, but it's to a lesser extent. Like the, the crispness of a set or your ability to isolate and make buckets off of isolation, that's something that you got to work and work and work into. But defensive uh, fluidity, when you have it and when you have chemistry with the guys on the floor, that's kind of like riding a bike. It, it just comes back a lot quicker. But also, for the Lakers, 2016-2017 is why I'm not worried about them, right? So everybody's talking about what the Lakers are and are not and how they haven't been very good in the bubble. People seem to forget the last eight games of 2016-2017 for uh, the Cavs that LeBron played on, they went 4-4. Four and four with four straight losses before the playoffs started. And then they went on to sweep Indiana the next series, sweep Toronto the series after that, go five games with the uh, with the Celtics. So, and, and granted, they'll be playing a higher level of competition than those, those Cavs have. But the fact of the matter is, you're not going to convince me to be, like, really worried about a LeBron-led team going into the first round as a one seed. Because we've seen this picture play out before. We've seen his team limp into the, the playoffs and everybody say, oh, God, you know, I'm worried. They're looking shaky. And then all of a sudden, two games into the playoffs, you're like, well, let's go ahead and book him in the finals. I, I don't think you should be worried either. But like you said, walking into those playoffs and facing Indiana and Toronto was much different than having to go against Portland and Houston round one and two. I agree. I agree. That that's a that's a much different 
that's a much different level of competition. But at the same time, we're not the way that LeBron dominated those teams was what for me was what did it for me. It wasn't like it was like, oh, they're coming out here and you know, they they're barely went or he's performing poorly. Like, don't get me wrong, those are close games, but those were also games in which the rest of those the rest of those Cavs showed you why LeBron making the finals and losing in uh five was considered one of the greatest performances of all time. Because the guys around them, I believe that Celtic series was the first time a player had ever won a series with nobody on their team averaging more than 12 or 10, one of those two. So, I mean, at the end of the day, he has more better better players now in the ensemble to where I'm not as worried uh, about the supporting cast in the same way that I would be before. And we talked about this last week. We talked about... I talk, well, I talked about teams are who they are for the most part in the bubble. And, and so uh, one of the teams that, hey, they are who they are, the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> and I bet you're wondering, why are they talking about the 76 Ain't nobody talking about the 76 They ain't doing nothing too impressive. Well, the 76ers are, they're a shoe it. They already have locked up a playoff spot. Am I correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So they're guaranteed the spot in the playoff. They're already locked up a playoff spot. And Ben Simmons hurt again. Joel Embiid hurt again. I just, it's so hard to root for the 76ers in any capacity. I'm sorry. I don't want to be that guy, but the whole process thing and the whole them being allowed to tank for seasons on seasons on seasons straight, they're getting their karma. They're getting that karma because that's you disrespecting the game when you tell yourself we're going to lose on purpose for years and years and years, and then we're going to be really good out the back end. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. I'm sorry. That's just, you know. That, well, is that- I, to, to Josh's point, um, the reason why like the Lakers are kind of doing themselves a disservice because bad habits break. Everybody on that team is not LeBron. Brad Harbors are hard to break. I mean, right. Right. Everybody on that team, not LeBron. So, yeah, you see LeBron lollygagging, but that makes a message to the other t- players on the team like, okay, y'all, well, LeBron ain't playing, so, I mean, I'm a coach too. And those players can't just wake up tomorrow and go get 30 if they want to. So, bad habits are going to be hard to break for the Lakers in the playoffs. They're going to have some playoff time struggles where they kind of get complacent and they just but Anthony Davis, But Anthony Davis has been balling in the bubble. Up until last game, Anthony Davis was on the tear. But the only reason nobody's talking about it is because it's Anthony Davis. It's expected. Like, you're yeah, not – you're going to talk about the nine-point game because that's the aberration for Anthony Davis. You're not going to talk about the 40-10-5 game because that's what you expect. That's like, right. yeah, yeah, that's AD. And he's if been balling. scores under 20, I'm expecting 40 for AD. Like so, so, for me, to see LeBron coming into the playoffs and knowing LeBron is going to be LeBron in the playoffs – and then knowing AD is AD, I'm geeked up. I'm I'm that's I'm ready. I'm you know I'm not really too worried about that. Um, but yeah, speaking of folks being who they are in the bubble, we got Pat Bev the irritant being oh, who he man. is in the bubble. We got Paul George the complainer being who he is in the bubble. So Dave goes to the free throw line. I believe the score was 117-119 at the time. Uh, he goes to the free throw line to shoot two. He can tie the game up. 
he misses both. Yep. Immediately, Pat Bev, who was hurt and sitting out this game, uh, laughs, daps up uh, with one of the Morris twins, whichever one plays for Clippers. That's and a Marquise. He, he, he daps up Marquise and points to his wrist and says, Dame Tom, Dollar Tom. Wait, that's Dame not Marquise. That's Marquise. That's Marquise. That's Marquise. Listen, you sure? it's one of the Boris twins. Let's be honest. Mar- the more, Marcus the is on the Clippers. Markeith is on the Lakers. I thought it was the other way around. Hey, man. The, no, Morris, no, twins, no. the Morris twins are the Martin twins with a Gucci belt. Let's not get beside <laughs> ourselves. Here. Like, come on now. But at the end of the day, whichever, Marcus, whichever Morris twin it was, he dapped him up, points to his wrist, does the damn time thing and all that. And so uh, one of the reporters asked Dame about it after the game. He, and Dame said... I sent Pat Bev home off a of game winner year three. I sent Paul George off home off a of game winner last year. And he, well, you he know, I ran him Paul up. George's franchise. He exactly. He said, I ran him up out of OKC. <laughs> so, you know, you know what to do. Next thing you know, they get on the socials. After the interview uh, aired, they get on the socials. Twitter fingers. Hey, Twitter fingers turn to trigger fingers, okay? Because... Uh, oh boy, Paul George done went off talking about well, we gonna send you home this year, yada yada yada, and uh, Pat Bev talking about home in three, and now Dame fire back at him, say, hey, y'all chumps keep switching teams, running from the grind. I'm gonna be the same me. Now tell me, please tell me. Oh, and then Paul George's wife and and Dame Dollar's sister got involved. Now please tell me. Are y'all enjoying seeing this drama? Or is this like, ah, this is messy. This this ain't the real Housewives of the Bubble. Get this out of here. What y'all thinking, man? <laughs> man, I, I can't uh, necessarily say that that I'm enjoying it. Because it's, it's getting hyped up to something that is not. And the reason that it's something that is not is because we already know Pat Beverly has made a career off of talking trash when he don't really have a, a stance to. If I'm being honest, he's not the greatest on-ball defender, but he's talked so much trash. He's tricked us into thinking that he's a great on-ball defender. The only person we ever seen him lock up to where they couldn't dribble the ball was a 19-year-old Lonzo Ball. And Next time they played, Lonzo had a decent game. We've seen Pat Beverly get cooked a lot. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, uh, Dame is really one of the only old-school type of players left in the NBA to where... He wants to keep his roots in Portland, and he wants to win there. So, Paul George, like, Dame is right in this situation. Paul George doesn't have much to say because if Dame wanted to do the same thing that Paul George is doing and playing for a number of franchises, trying to look to better his situation, I don't think we would be having a debate as far as who's winning the championship this year. If Dame wanted to go team up with a top-five player, whatever team Dame is on is going to be my favorites to win the championship. Oh, absolutely. Bro, absolutely. Can we can we can we touch on a point, please, that's been getting on my nerves for like the last five years? Which Talk is why is Dame disrespected so much? Do y'all remember Dame? Didn't he used to make the All Star game? That's that's because he's that that's because he's that he's the only like he's the last of a dying breed. He doesn't search after the fame or doesn't search the We've we've overvalued uh not looking at context. When you look at Dame's career, you can just see that he didn't win much. But we mm-hmm. discount the countless times that he's carried subpar teams to playoff series wins, all of the buzzer beaters that he has, because those things get lost in translation. Bro, we don't see the context. We just see that he don't have championships. We just see that he don't have finals. Bro, that, that's beside the point. He averaged 25 one year and didn't make the playoffs. I mean, the All-Star game. 
didn't yeah. make so where, why does people think it's okay to disrespect that? They call him Logo Lillard for crying out loud. Logo Lillard. You don't get that name by just hitting one shot at the Logo. You don't oh, get that cool. name from hitting two shots. You don't get that name from hitting ten. He hits this shot consistently. It's a bad shot. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and that's all Dame had to say to Paul George low-key. He probably, Paul George would have laughed it off because... He said that's definitely what he said when Dave put it from forty in his mouth. But yeah. anyway, what's up with the give give? Talk to me, talk to me. Why is Dave disrespected? Josh just gave his analysis. I want to hear yours. I mean, here's here's my thing about it. Number one, he's earned the right. I mean, he's earned the right. But number two, I think that he is different in that, like. Paul George, after everything started to kind of blow up and everybody started to, you know, all the media outlets started to run with this a little bit, he, like, got on there and was like, oh, he got on, uh, I believe it was his Instagram story and said, oh, I've had six surgeries, all these injuries. If y'all knew what I went through, y'all would know. Did Stop copping, please, bro. Stop copping, please. Yeah. Where Dame is oh. cut from a cloth that a lot of these guys pretend to be cut from in that he literally is like, if I said it, I stand on it. If I if I say it, I stand on it, and you know I Dame is cool. Sometimes he's wrong. Sometimes he's wrong. So let's because when he called out Shannon Sharp for Shannon Sharp saying that like, hey, you're gonna be a, a super max player, but you're gonna be super super ringless too. I mean, it's facts. Like yeah. out of Portland, unless Portland does something amazing in the draft or they they uh, get some pieces around them in free agency or or via trades that are just like. Outstanding. It's facts. I mean, look at their track record. I don't think the draft is the way to go for Portland. But. Oh my God! Zach I mean, Collins. I mean, I mean, <laughs> Zach Collins. Hey, hey, hold on, Zach Collins, been hooping. Stop disrespecting my boy. Greg Oden. Stop, stop. Boo. Sam Bowie. Boo. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sam Bowie was hurtful. Sam Bowie. <laughs> that one there was hurtful. That one there was hurt. You could have got Mike or Hakeem. What you doing? No. What you I, doing? Was Hakeem one? Yeah. I believe no, Hakeem, Hakeem was two, I think. Hakeem was two, I think. Wait, I thought it was Bowie, Hakeem, Jordan. You might be right. You might be right. I mean, so you can't pass up. Like, when you pass up, and this is crazy because how good Hakeem is, they passed up Jordan for Hakeem, and you will not hear a single Houston fan complain about that. Right. You won't hear anybody. He's the all-time leader in blocks, and all you ever see is his footwork. So, I mean... Ha- Hakeem was one. Hakeem was one. Bowie oh, was Hakeem two. was one? Okay, yeah, my bad. My bad. My bad. But still, still, I, I don't think... You know, I just... At the end of the day, Dame has earned the right to do it, and that's just who Dame is as a person. And just like any other personality trait, it has its good sides and its bad sides. It's entertaining right now because we don't have nothing else to do. But every now and then, it's like, all right, bro, like you're a millionaire. Stop arguing with people on the internet. You know what I mean? Like that's just that's just who well, Dame is, though. Well, my thing about Paul George, yes, Paul George can ball, but the thing is, you don't show up in big moments. Dame mm. has showed up in big moments. You haven't you haven't really done much in the playoffs besides go to a couple conference finals where LeBron and D Wade put you out off consecutive game winners. There's a whole montage of you getting game winners. A whole <laughs> montage that you can find out there of Paul George getting game winners. So, at the end of the day, Paul George, until you get some, some jewelry, I don't, you shouldn't really talk much to somebody that hit one for 40 in your mouth. Like, I don't I don't care what you say. I don't care how many surgeries you had. It, 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 it's to a point where you're being disrespectful because, for me, that's like your little bro talking trash to your big bro. 
when you all your little bro always losing to big bro. It's no trash you really can talk. The big bro is gonna sit there and tease you until you finally beat him. So this is a moment where Paul George felt like he finally beat Dame when in reality he hasn't beat Dame. Dame hasn't right. had his full team this whole year. So that's why they're struggling for a playoff spot right now. Now that he right. got his full right. team, I think he only lost one game and that was to the Clippers. So yeah. yeah. I mean it's I, I it's it's a tough it's a tough situation. I'm not gonna lie and say I don't like it, but I'm not gonna lie and say I'm like living for it. It's like this is nice. This is cool. It's like I told you the best thing that I missed about sports that I didn't know I missed was the crazy stories. Like stuff like this, your your wife and your sister getting involved. That's the what? And you know, as soon as women come out, the the personals are coming. The personals <laughs> are you know, it's gonna get the fat shaming, slut shaming, any type of shaming you can name. It's finna come out once the family members get involved, man. But you know, we go, we not gonna touch too deeply onto that. We just gonna skirt right on past that. Oh, hold on, Gibbs, hold on. I, I got something too that uh, just for our, our listeners to look out for. Now, the bubble after the first month, they letting uh, the families come to the bubble. So we gonna touch on that when it when, when that oh, like, my next week. So I'm just not- giving them a heads up. Just because not damn sister, not damn sister waiting hey, yeah, outside. Yeah, just because you, hey, <laughs> you pull into Kyle Lowry, my room 328. My room 328. Listen, it's listen, come that's, why, that's why I bought it up because you said family members getting involved and the family's coming in, a, in another two weeks. So, mm, mm, mm. you hate to see it. You hate to see it. So, now uh, moving on to our next story, we got. College football players unionizing, basically. Well, let's not say unionizing. They're producing um, unified demands. This has occurred in the Pac-12 as well as the Big Ten. The Pac-12 set set the pace. Um, they had as their uh, as their outline uh, health and safety protections, protect all sports, end racial injustice in college sports and society, economic freedom and equity. And, you know, all of those things, they, they like, legitimately were, hey, we we going to nail this down. We going – and they had a lot of very good points. Big Ten Unity proposal came right after that. Um, protecting the well-being of athletes, oversight and transparency, prevention of safety protocol, prevention and safety protocols, testing, contact tracing, and related procedures, player assurances, hazard-related economic support. And those are just the overview. If you want to go to the Players' Tribune, shout out to the Players' Tribune, by the way. Um, if you want to go to the Players' Tribune, they got both of the uh, demand list there, as well as the articles in which uh, the the young folks got together and wrote basically what they want and why they want and how they want it. So, you know, is this productive? Are the players acting for too much? Are there any demands that stuck out to y'all? Talk to me. Um... Uh- Go, go, go ahead, go ahead, Chris, go ahead. I mean, for me, I, this is what we've been asking players to do the whole time. Right. Because players, we, we've always said they, they scared, they want to do this different, they want to do that different. It's finally time they kind of made a list of demands and that they, you know, they, they kind of putting their foot down like, all right, if you can't give us this, we're going to take the repercussions and not play. So, I, I, first thing, that's what I want to say, that this is this is definitely good for college football so it's, it's, this could be a transcendent thing for sure for yeah, sure yeah i mean it's it's Josh. not it's not much i can add reading over everything it's not much that i can add off of what chris said it's just a matter of especially when it comes to, to football culture we've always 
wanted those players to to regain their power. I feel like it's happening slowly and it's going to be more prominent soon. It's something that only recently happened in basketball. But um, you're you're it should be no criticisms in this. You're you're basically asking people that are supplying your entertainment and are supplying you with billions of dollars to run uh, your operation. We're just asking them to stand up for themselves and and get what they're old essentially or some things that might even be basic like this is old to them is is it's no billion dollars it's no uh you know it's no sports betting it's no fantasy anything like that without these players so just the players asking for what's rightfully theirs regardless if you're a college player or a professional is is something that's long overdue right right Right. And I, I agree with everything that y'all said, but I just want to get into just a couple particulars that just, they piqued my interest. They got me excited. I'm not going, you know, I saw them and I just, my, my heart started beating a little bit. And under the economic and uh, economic freedom and equity tab for the Pac-12. And let me tell you something. The Pac-12 came out the gate swinging, boy. They, man, they, you know, they jumped out the window with this one. Shout out to Ron Browns. A lot of y'all don't know about that song, but it's all right. Anywho, uh, distribute distribute 50% of each sport's total conference revenue evenly among athletes in their respective sports. My Lord. My Lord. Lord, and one thing that I saw up out of that was a lot of people said, "Well, the coaches and the admins would be paid less." And uh, duh. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the lowest grossing coach in the FBS, I believe, was two hundred k as uh, as recent as a couple years ago. I may be wrong on that, but the lowest grossing head coach. I'm sorry, let me not say lowest grossing coach. Lowest grossing head coach was two hundred k. So like, what are we really, what are we really talking about here? And let me run that to make sure that that, that number is correct. But either way, um, that's these players are getting a, a scholarship for what you're being paid. Even if I'm wrong on that, this half of that a hundred k for. Excuse me, like what? Right. People, people um, survive on less. I'm gonna say that. I all I'm and, and then on top of that, another demand that people looked at like it was crazy was uh it was one it was one uh demand by the Big Ten that all of their family members okay, so the lowest one is Coastal Carolina at three hundred sixty thousand dollars. But yeah, so you know, the uh the fact of the matter is when you look at when you look at uh the fact that they asked for the Big Ten network and the fact that people had any pushback to that people have pushback for these athletes asking for a free subscription for their families to the big 10 network what what <laughs> these kids a lot of these kids are coming from out of state like for and i'm even if i'm talking from just personal experience i played at nc state my i was out of market for my family my family had to buy certain packages and certain uh channels that were different from the regular cable and thank God my mother had the ability to do so, but they had to buy or, you know, I'm we're law abiding citizens, so we would never take a password from somebody who has the channel and we don't already. But yeah, like they had to do things to watch <laughs> me play that like, you know, that it's just it doesn't seem like it should be a problem. But, you know, 
you always got your Doug Gottlieb's of the world talking about, well, they're just asking for two miles. Well, blah, blah, blah. and you know, it's, I, I'm I'm excited for these players. I'm fired up for these players to be honest. It's it's a really big. It's like it's like a, a beautiful episode of Ballers. And speaking of the show Ballers and things that are like it, hey man, The Rock has turned Ballers into a real life thing as he's bought the XFL for a piddly little fifteen mil. Yep, man, that's not man. even a fraction of how much he make a year. Man, so so what do we think? Is this a good move by The Rock? Is this a good move for the league? Are y'all um, do y'all even care about the league? Does it have sticking power? Okay, so as someone that watches uh like nine hours of wrestling a week, I can go ahead and take this one because that's directly related to to the initial owner. Um, mm-hmm. I th- one I think it's a great purchase because the first time around the XFL was a, a dumpster fire, and that's being nice about it. But this right. this restart that we saw was actually like I was pretty entertained by it. The ratings were going up every week, and it was pretty entertaining football. I think if it's run the same way and you give it some time to grow, I'm not saying it's ever going to overtake the NFL or be even half of what the NFL can produce, but it can be a great alternate option. And I think it was a great, um, I think it was a great investment, especially considering The Rock gets uh, like 60 million a movie, so he paid a, a fraction of one movie. You got to just do one more buddy cop comedy with Kevin Hart, and he paid that off already. Oh, um, my God. oh my God! <laughs> now he gonna replace uh, Josh Travolta and Die Hard. But at the same time, we know that uh, Vince put up two hundred million of his own dollars in order to get the league started. And a lot of people don't know that Vince and a rock are still thick as thieves. He can place a phone call right now, and Rock will be on the upcoming Monday Night Raw. So I also don't know if this is a play to get uh, a couple of dollars back in Vince's pocket to help him cut his losses either. But that's a a topic for another day. I don't know if you guys care about the XFL at all, but that was, that's my take on it. Yeah, I feel like I feel like my take on it is I like the effort. I mean, to be honest, the XFL to me, I feel like it was gonna go under regardless, Corona or not. It was doing better, but I mean, just the the attention that the NFL gets is just like. Or the NBA gets nowadays. Like, if you're not one of them two sports, and even the MLB, if you're not one of them three sports. Yo, it's just it's just hard to compete right days, like, cause that's what's popular now. That's what people can get up and do all the time. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, I feel like it's gonna go under. So this is definitely worth the effort, cause if it doesn't go under, then he'll reap all the benefits. Right. Cause 15 million to a baller like The Rock is like, that's like us going to the store and buying a bag of chips. That's really what he did. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, True, but I think I think if they look at it from the I think it, I think if they look at it from a perspective of not trying to compete and just trying to like go through their own avenue and just doing what they do as opposed to trying to compete with the with the NFL or another top four sport, I think they'll be fine for a number of years. I'm not going to say it's going to be sustainable for we'll be watching the XFL in 40 years, but I think they can have a good shelf life if they just worry about what they're doing and not trying to counter program and do all of these things to try to spite the NFL. Facts, facts, facts. And I, I think, so for me, I, when I watched the XFL, I was a big fan of the XFL, actually. A lot of things that they did, from the interviewing players uh, on the sidelines to, you know, having the mic that was wired into the coach and the quarterback that uh, the viewers at home could hear and all that, it was, I think it was really dope. Um, but they, I think that they ran into the buzz, thought it was COVID. 
And that's really what took him out. Because I think if everything continued to roll and everything was still fine, I really and truly believe that that league would have been all right, you know. And so that that is, you know, just yet another thing taken out uh, by Lil Miss Rona. And, um, you know, if we're talking about Lil Miss Rona taking things out, we got to talk about the NFL opt-outs. We got a list of uh, players. It was a list of over 60, but I just mentioned some important names and uh, some folks that, you know, I think it's important to note that they opted out. So uh, we got the return man from the Ravens, DeAnthony Thomas. Uh, we got the Bills defensive tackle, Star Latule. Latule. I'm not about to keep trying that. Panthers linebacker, rookie linebacker, Jordan Mack. Um, he was an unsigned free agent, but I, I like him a lot. He's got a lot of potential. Bears, Eddie Goldman. I think he was probably the highest, um, what do I, how, how do I put it, the highest caliber of a player because he was a Pro Bowl alternate last year. He had a heck of a season with Chicago. And um, the Vikings defensive tackle, Michael Pierce, who was with the Ravens last year, he did a great job for the Ravens clogging up the middle. And then we have seven Patriots. They, the Patriots have, I believe, twice as much as any other team as the next highest, because I think the next highest team is, has three. The Patriots had uh, tight end Matt Lacoste, receiver Marquise Lee, safety Patrick Chung, linebacker Dante Howard, uh, running back Brandon Bowden, tackle Marcus Cannon, fullback Danny Vitelli, and offensive lineman Najee Torrent. Is there, is are these opt outs a symptom of more coming? And by the way, the deadline to opt out and still receive the uh, the stipends that were uh, either three hundred fifty or one hundred fifty thousand dollars that was Wednesday of this week or of last week rather. So that was that's why we're dropping this list now. Is this the beginning of the opt outs? Is this like okay, these guys are just gone and and everybody else is gonna be fine or? Or what, what does this opt-out list say to you? Um, I'm not necessarily sure if it's the beginning of opt-outs, but it is the beginning of a sign of things to come, which is um, the NFL not completing a full season. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people have begun to try to go about their normal lives, but if we've been paying attention, COVID cases have still been going up. Like It hasn't been a, a plateau or a decline in like 47 out of 50 states cases are still going up and we've seen an example with baseball as to what can happen if you don't have your players in a bubble or you let them roam freely or you're traveling from city to city um so i I think these players are doing the right thing by opting out at this point because even with baseball you can do some kind of social distancing in baseball i mean it's it's a large space between first base and second base but in football you got these players in the locker rooms um, on the field, shoulder to shoulder, on most plays, and if that that just seems like a volatile situation, if you aren't if you aren't managing the situation, hoping to go about business as normal, just with no fans. I feel that. I feel that, Chris. What is this opt out list telling you? So for me, I think a lot of these football players are being smart. Cause they see what the NFL, I mean the MLB, is doing right now yep. with no bubble. So I feel like that kind of they was like, look, our, we're on the path to being the same way as the MLB because we also don't have a bubble. We also don't have a way to ensure that everyone will follow all the rules. So at the same time, I feel like a lot more players are going to come out for the NFL because 
I mean, and we're going to see some star players come out because I'm pretty sure there's some star players that would rather be at home in the safety of their families than out there getting a concussion, possible concussion and possible corona. You don't want the double-double th- the, the, uh, with the corona and the concussion. I feel that. I feel that. I, For me, it's two things. Number one, all of these Patriots opting out. It's a little, it's a little weird. Like, I don't care what team it is. Seeing seven guys opt out, the roster is only 53. And that's, I'm not talking about camp roster where it's 90. I'm talking about, like, your your full-time roster because most of these players wrote a full-time roster either last year or were anticipated to be so this year. And so, basically, that's one-seventh of your roster. Um, that's a, I that's see where a you're decent. going with this, Gibbs. Uh-oh, I see where you're going with Hey, this. listen, that's a decent <laughs> chunk of the roster. And some of these guys... Uh, have been big time contributors for years, and so you know, feel bad for Cam Newton again. But we just gonna keep oh, pushing past that. Oh, he did it. He did Listen, it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You got two offensive linemen, a running back and a fullback, and a wide receiver, and the tight the team's leading tight end of last year all out. It's a little unfortunate for Cam. But seriously though, uh, these opt outs, you know, I think there'll be more for sure. I definitely think there'll be more as the season goes on, as folks get sick, because I don't know why people aren't, you know, um, I've, I've always heard the phrase, a fool learns from his own mistakes. A wise man learns from the mistakes of others. Bless you. And the fact of the matter is, the the NFL is being the fool to, uh, the being the fool to learn from their own mistake. Because the fact of the matter is, they, they have seen what works and what doesn't. They've seen the NBA and the bubble works. Okay, the NFL has too many people to quarantine. That's fine. So maybe don't play. We've seen what happens with the MLB. The MLB, they're just letting everything roll and every week, 20, 30 games cancel. So what are you doing? Learn from the mistakes of the smart people, please. And and And... The- I mean, I wish Adam Sandler could be the commissioner for every team or every league, but it's not possible. And these other commissioners and owners are are showing their ignorance. Like they they haven't they haven't been a part of the meetings or anything. It seems like because they're not really showing any growth or no progress. So I don't know. Like, how long can you keep postponing baseball games and then have other baseball games going? Like, right. Yeah, yeah. Because at some point, the teams who have had outbreaks are going to be at such a disadvantage numbers-wise. And then all these teams aren't having the exact same amount of games canceled. So now how are you going to deal with the teams who, for the most part, have done everything right and them having to deal with the teams who went out to Magic City and party? Like, what are you going to say? Oh, well, this team is technically ahead of this team because they won five more games or they're – um, their record, they're 600 on a season, and this team has won 58% of their games, but the team of 600 hasn't played as many. They've been missing a bunch of games that other teams would have to go through the dog days of summer, and they didn't have to. So, you know, that's that's definitely a, a thing to, to be noted. And yeah, I, uh, I just Real quickly, before we move on to the next uh, topic, since we briefly spoke about the MLB, I just want to let it be known that the uh, Detroit Tigers are 8-5, and five, and it's probably the last time I'll be able to say this, that they have a winning record for the next uh, while, regardless if they finish this season or next season. I just want to let that be known. Celebrate good times. Come on. <laughs> do, 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 do. Celebrate, y'all. 
Nah, uh, seriously, it you was can't a, do that it, with the Lions though, Gibbs. You can't do. Hey, that peep though, peep though. It was a day not too long ago where all three of the Detroit teams that played that day won. I want to say it was the, it was the Red Wings, the Tigers, and the Lions. They all won on the same day, and I was just like, "Well, I'm going to play lottery." <laughs> I, I know something. I know some luck is headed my way with this going on. Um, but yeah. So you know, it's a it's a it's a very it's a very sticky situation, and I really just believe that the NFL should either figure out a way to like, hey, what we're gonna do is we're gonna quarantine teams by, uh, we're gonna put two divisions in each bubble and and go from there. We'll put the AFC NFC North, AFC West NFC West, something because the way that they got it set up now is like everybody live your life. We're holding you to an honor code. We're going to test a lot. What does that testing do if somebody has it? If you test him in the morning, I'm just saying, if you test him at 7 when he comes in for treatment and he goes to breakfast and he's eating breakfast with his teammates, when you eat, you're not eating with a mask on. The particles, boom, 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 boom. Next thing you know, whole team sick. But you just got the positive on the one guy. Everybody else is negative. Now the incubation period is hit. Oh, Lord, we've got an outbreak. But we did joint practice with this other team since we don't have preseason yet. Well, now look, you know. So, I mean, it's it's a if, – if the NFL would just learn from the mistakes of others, I think that they'd see that either A, cancel, B, bubble it up somehow would be the best way to go. But, you know, the NFL is always lagging behind and um, probably the least progressive league – of all of them. And if we're talking about the most progressive league of all the major sports, the wonderful women of the WNBA. I mean. Some folks talk about the action. Some folks be about the action. Because, I mean, this this here is just the WNBA players. uh, One of the owners of a WNBA team, um, the owner, a partial owner of the Atlanta Dream by the name of Kelly Loeffler, a senator. Uh, she basically said that she is opposed to the Black Lives Matter movement and um, she's opposed to all the things that are that the Black Lives Matter movement is asking for and et cetera, et cetera. So every WNBA player that day wore a shirt that said, Vote Warnock. Warnock is her opponent in the race, Raphael Warnock. It, because she's a senator in Georgia. He's competing for the same Senate seat. And I mean, woof. And she came back talking about how it was uh, how it was cancel culture and how it's groupthink and everybody has to think the same or else, you know, cancel culture will come for them. And you can agree, you can agree or disagree all you want, but you just wait until it's your turn and et cetera, et cetera. Do do we have any words or thoughts for either Miss Loeffler or uh, the women in the WNBA? Um, I'm I'm not going to uh, say anything about Miss Loeffler just because if if you don't get it at this point, you're choosing you're choosing to to be willfully ignorant and Absolutely. and it's something about you morally. It's something wrong about you morally, and we know it's a lot of people like that in the world. And I think our main focus is to stop trying to change those people's minds and just get them out of positions of power so things that are right can take the forefront in our society which has been not right for 
hundreds thousands of years but we, we're, we're at a point where we can actually see some actual change and that change is being spearheaded by women in the nba uh, wnba i think um that many other organizations especially the nfl the nba players have followed suit to the wnba players and been a lot more outspoken uh recently but even mm-hmm. if it was something along the lines of speaking out against your owner i even think nba players might be a little more hesitant towards doing that um we've seen women spearhead a lot of these revolutions and are doing the same thing here in the WNBA and I'm very proud of the work that they've been doing they've been a lot more outspoken as far as being blatant and what they mean and their intentions um over the course of the past few years now and I only hope that that is rewarded in some sort of uh, I don't want to say compensation because I don't want to don't want to, I don't want it to feel as if they're being handed anything, but I want them to put something in place to where we can get some more views and some more revenue towards these women. I know they signed I know they signed a new uh, a collective bargaining agreement that but that was backed off of the NBA. I want something to where uh, like we were speaking about the XFL. They they were getting a little bit of success because they were doing something different from the NFL. Right. Um, the WNBA, I think their biggest problem is is that they're a copy and paste of the NBA, but just from a, a talent standpoint, they don't have the talent that the NBA does. It's not their fault. I mean, this dudes in the NBA that's six foot eight and got forty five inch verticals. They can't replicate that. So I yeah. just wish it was yeah. something that they could put in place or something new that they could present to the basketball product. So rightfully so, we can get some more revenue and some more eyes on the amazing things that these women are doing. You know, I'd love to see them on um, on uh, TV on major networks more. I love to see them on your ABCs, your NBCs, your you know those types of things where you don't have a, a paid subscription service that's like forty bucks to see them. But you know, that's just me. Chris, what you thinking? Okay, what is wrong with her? Is she okay? Who, what black man hurt her? What, what I, black man oh, hurt her? God. Oh God! It's, it, because it's speaking from a place of privilege, man. When you got the privilege to not experience certain things, you just think that your way is right. You can you can't. The best way to understand, the best way to be understood, is to understand. And she's not willing to understand how someone else's life is 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 navigated. Because because it, to me, it seems like there's no way. There's no way she sleeps at night with what she does. With what she said. There's no way she's sleeping right now. It's no way. Oh, she absolutely listen. That woman is sleeping fine. Yeah, that's on the some issue. Fine, four thousand thread Egyptian uh-huh. cotton sheet. Yeah, that, that's the issue. She got a tempurpedic. She chilling, just, bro. Exactly. That woman got a sleep number. Her and her husband <laughs> got two different numbers of firmness. She is oh a okay. Man, I I just don't understand how you can see the whole world catering to the Black Lives Matter movement and just be against it, like. What type of person? I don't know. That's like me. Everybody in the world supporting this this girl with a, a, a disability, and I got to be the one to say, "Bro, she's not even disabled." Like you know what oh. I'm saying? Like that, 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 oh. that's that's what she did to me, and it's just to me, it's just not fair to the players. And I would want to play for a league that like that. I would protest too, to be honest with you. So here's my thing about this whole thing. I really. I have always and will always applaud women athletes uh, for being amazing at what they do, right? Like, they're, a lot of people underestimate how good of athletes these folks are 
that's why people say crazy things like, oh, yeah, I could definitely get an ace off of Serena. Or, oh, yeah, I could definitely, you know, win a one-on-one game against Brittany Griner. You can't. That's not how it works. You're not, you're not going to be. You're, you could pick the last player on the bench of a WNBA team, a player that's never going to play. The Ed Monics of a WNBA team. Shout out to some <laughs> of my pro fans out there. And she will work you. She, if she shows up to y'all YMCA game, she's giving you forty. That's and that's just the reality of it. So, I mean, I mean, I, I agree to that to some degree, and and my backlash should be a lot of people underestimate like the physicality of how you can be with a girl. So she'll give you forty, but you also might be able to get her thirty. You get what I'm saying? Like, I doubt it. I doubt it. I'm sorry. I because here's the thing: people forget a really good amateur is still a bad professional. And like, these yeah. women, whether you want to recognize it or whether anybody wants to recognize they, it. Oh, definitely. They definitely, they definitely stand out. They professionals. They definitely they, stand out. They are, there are um, hundreds of just, we're talking Division One basketball teams. If we're talking, you know, the Power Five, Group of Five, mid-majors, hundreds, hundreds of teams. If we want to talk about the D2 players, too, you're pushing it up to thousands. And these women have been the ones that are selected as the best. Out of that, and if we want to talk about players overseas as well, these are the players who have been selected as the best out of all of this pool of talent. I'm sorry to tell you, these are they, they do this, for real. Yeah. They do, I've seen yeah, I I've mean, seen I mean, it mean, It's only a I select people that, that, that get drafted for a sport and get chosen to play nationally so they select few so like they definitely they definitely stand out they grind, I've seen it unmatched I'm, I'm telling you I've seen firsthand a woman basketball player show up and a bunch of guys not know who she is and she just ends up giving them easy buckets easy yeah. easy oh oh easy most people can't dribble with their left hand let me cry the right easy and I just sit there like well yikes you hate to see that. So, you know, there's, there's, but even beyond that, I, everybody can feel how they want to feel about things. I'm not upset at somebody feeling uh, a way about a thing as long as people are not getting hurt or people are not dying uh, due to the action behind whatever thing you believe in or stand for, or whatever the case may be. That's fine with me. But here's the part that blows me why does everybody keep screaming about? Don't I have First Amendment rights to say what I want? Did y'all not pass fifth grade civics? Did <laughs> Ma'am, you sound like you went to a private school. Have you not taken the First Amendment guarantees you protection against the government doing something to you? You can't you can go wherever you want and say, uh, I live in Sugarland, Texas right now. I can say Sugarland is awful and I can trust that the, the police department won't come kick down my door for saying Sugarland is awful. I can say, hey, Governor Abbott's an idiot, and I can trust that Texas State Troopers aren't going to come and follow me everywhere I go and look for every little thing I do wrong. That is what the First Amendment means. It does not mean I can say whatever and nobody can have a reaction to it. If I am, if I say uh, something about, oh, well, Nazis weren't that bad, they just love Germany, and I'm employed by a Jewish person, I'm going to expect to get fired. If I, or if I employ a bunch of Jewish folks, I'm going to expect them to walk out. If I say, 
oh, well, you know, Cecil Rhodes wasn't bad for South Africa. He established infrastructure. And all the black folks in my job quit. I'm not, I can't be upset about that. They have their right to be upset about, to protest, to support, to give financial support, to take away support. They have the right to do that for whatever they want. And the quicker people learn what the First Amendment actually means, the less of this, oh, everything's cancel culture. Oh, it's cancel culture. Oh, it's... Because most of the people who have been victims of quote-unquote cancel culture are doing just fine. Their streams go up when they mention as being canceled. So what are we really... You must realize the First Amendment protects you from the government. It protects you from legal sanctions against you saying certain things. The First Amendment don't mean you can run into a crowded building and scream fire. The First Amendment means that you can freely criticize what you want. You can freely say what you want about fuck. That's what that means. It don't mean that you're going to stay employed. So, you know, I just... Just a little breakdown. I know that this is facts over acts and we want to stick to sports, but Jesus, can we just take a little civics? Can we learn a little something about the First Amendment? I mean, I know that a lot of folks only used to hearing about the fifth, but still, the first is important too, and the second. The fifth and the second probably the, the big highlights of the joint, but the fifth is, uh, the first is important too. Anywho, uh, we know that y'all have had enough of us ranting and raving uh, about everything from Logo Lillard to uh, Senators being ignorant. But come on back next week. And the week after that. And the week after that. Peace and love, y'all.